Uh, our vet Pete Weatherburn is here from Bray Vet on Old Connor Avenue in Bray. You're very welcome, Pete. Thanks for coming in. Good morning, Jacqueline. Good morning, and uh, everything has uh, died down, I suppose, uh, after Christmas and all that sort of we're stuff. We're back into the normal routine at this stage, um, which still means we're very busy. Um, in the veterinary world, the really interesting things, you never know what's going to come in. Um, uh, I had a dog that swallowed a stone last week, for example, and there was, um, well, every day, every day there's another little mystery. Why is this animal like this? What's going on? Why are they not quite themselves? Uh, so it's a really interesting job, and every day there's a little mystery to solve. Yeah, and the stone, that seems, uh, would it be that a dog was sniffing along? No, because it was interesting, because um we, we we took the x-ray and found the stone and we were saying what the heck's that uh, well we, we knew it was a stone how, how did it get there um it turned out the dog liked carrying around a stone all the time that's what the dog did i've seen dogs do that yeah, yeah. yes some dogs get seem to get comfort from having something in their mouth and some some dogs just decide that it's a stone they want and they just literally pick up a stone and wander around the place with it in their mouth and when they lie down they put it down beside them then when they get up they pick it up again so um this particular dog um, accidentally at some stage must have just sort of, I don't know, hiccuped or something and swallowed the stone and, and that was it. So, what would be the, the journey of the stone once they swallow it? Then? Well, what, what happens with the stone is it goes into the stomach, first of all, and it can actually sit in the stomach for, for weeks or months sometimes, just rattling around in there. But then um, sometimes, uh, eventually, it kind of moves to the exit of the stomach and when it moves to the exit of the stomach, sometimes it gets stuck there. Other times it actually goes into the intestines. That's what happened in this case. It went into the intestines and moved along it for a while. But after about sort of six inches of trying to push through a tube that was a bit too small for it, the stone got completely stuck. And that's when the animal fell ill. Um, and as far as the owner's concerned, the dogs stopped wanting any food, started to vomit, and um, became very dull and, and just depressed not the normal self so um that's the classic story that we see and it's surprisingly common um foreign bodies are much more common in dogs than they are in humans let's say or cats because dogs just tend to grab things and eat them much more easily than other species and did you have to cut this dog open mm, absolutely i can show you a little video on my phone if you like uh, no thanks <laughs> <laughs> um you have to you basically it's, it's really quite straightforward you 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 lie them on their back you anesthetize them first of all and that's all done in a very controlled way these days with all these pinging and beeping monitors attached to them so we're checking their blood pressure and their oxygen levels and all this sort of stuff and the heart rate and then um, once they're anesthetized they the, the, um, their abdomen, they get lied on their back and the, their abdomen is clipped off. All the fur is clipped off because otherwise the fur would go into the wound. And then um, it's surgically prepared so you, you, you clean, spray it with alcohol and clean it as best you can. And then the animal is moved through to a, 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 an operating theatre which is a special room. A bit like this radio studio if you like, that sort of size. But it's it's surrounded by, it's all tiled so the, the surfaces are all completely impermeable and easy to clean as thoroughly as possible so it's on this stainless steel table in the middle of this room with operating lights ahead looking down um and um a nurse at the front end of the animal monitoring the anesthetic and making sure that all the, all the machines are connected and not beeping and then there's, there's usually two surgeons for an operation like that so there'll be two vets um and uh, we all have to get surgically prepared as well that means we put on sterile gowns and hats and gloves and masks 
and we stand over the animal and um, then one of us makes an incision in the abdomen it's literally a, a, a scalpel blade and you're literally cutting a hole that's like about sort of six, in, six inches long um, right on their underside and you open up the abdomen and usually it's fairly obvious you can see there's all the normal intestines but look there's there one bit which has gone very purple and you pull out the purple bit and there's a stone stuck in the middle of it and then you have to cut over that with a scalpel blade and squeeze out the stone and that's when you need two people because you have to hold these things very carefully otherwise all the intestinal contents will spill all, oh, all over geez. the inside of the abdomen and that's not a good thing <laughs> you enjoy saying I'm, all this <laughs> <laughs> so then so you remove the stone and you, 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 you sew up the, the, the cut in the intestines very carefully so it doesn't leak. You can't have it leaking after you've finished. And then you um, put it back in and you sew up the dog's abdomen and and that's it. Job done, really. It's very interesting. <laughs> and what about them picking at it? Yeah, well, well, first of all, these days, vets often avoid skin stitches. We use internal stitches these days often. So as far as the skin's concerned, it looks fairly seamless and smooth. Um there's nothing for the dog to pick at on the surface. Um, so most often dogs just leave these wounds alone and they take about 10 days to heal usually. At the end of that time, everything is just stuck together as normal. Um, but we're always very aware that any animal could decide, if you like, to have a lick or a nibble at a wound and, you know, they could damage themselves and open up the wound. So for that reason, we usually send animals home with some sort of device to stop them from licking at the wound. The traditional thing would be a, a, a cone uh, called a, an Elizabethan collar. Yeah. So a common brand is Buster. It's called a Buster they collar. They hate them, I'd say. Yeah, the sort of lampshade <laughs> thing. It's, it really looks horrible and um, kind of awkward things because they've got very hard edges and and if dogs are rushing around the room, they'll they'll bash off you and hurt your legs. Yeah. Um, so these days we often use more flexible collars um, made of a kind of semi-rigid, fabricy, plasticky stuff, which stop the stop the dog from being able to um, uh, lick itself. But at the same time, it doesn't bash into things yeah. in the same way. We also use sometimes inflatable collars that look a bit like life rings, if you can imagine, around the dog's neck. Uh, like an inflatable life ring, and th those can work. They, they mean the dog can still do things like eating more easily and navigating the house more easily, but they still can't quite lick themselves. Yeah. So these things are all possibilities. Right, I've had enough intestines <laughs> for for the day, Pete. <laughs> if yeah. you want to see Pete's video of all this, I'm sure it's available on PeteTheVet.com, yeah? Well, I'll put it up there today, why not? It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah well, glorious technical error, sort of Steven Spielberg be there, okay. Okay. Lovely, great stuff, Pete. Thanks for dropping in. Good stuff. That's to Pete you. Weatherburn. Pete the Vet is his website, and you can find Pete at uh, Brave Vet Old Connor in Brave.